0: will start with who I am. Hello, I am Jess, <laughs> as Quincy said. Um, I have been living in New Zealand this last year um, with a charity called Youth of the Mission. I've been working out there as a missionary for a year, um, and I'm partway through a degree at Durham in international relations, so I took a year out to do that. Um and yeah, actually, it's a real blessing for me to get to come here today um, and share with you guys as I've been so invested in by this church. And even if you haven't been here very long, you're all part of the body that is invested in me. And so it's, an, it's just amazing to get to hopefully share with you what God has done for me, largely because of you guys. Um, part of the reason that I went to Youth of the Mission, so YWAM, uh, was because about three years before that, I did their six-month discipleship training school in New Zealand, and that actually got to happen in part because this church financially supported me and prayed for me, and it was the most incredible time. It's been one of the most transformational times of my life, and I just want to thank you all for that to start with. Um, It wouldn't have happened without all of you, and this last year, I wouldn't have been out there if it hadn't been for you, so... Because of you guys, God is working in the nations. Um, Yeah, praise the Lord. And so three years ago, I just want to start a story from there. When I was back out over three years ago, four years ago now, um, in New Zealand. Every week we have lectures. And this one week in lectures, we had someone talking on submission authority. And so we have different weeks on different topics and I just want to share a story from that week which is a moment when God just changed my life forever he set me completely on a new trajectory and yeah I was sat at the back of our lecture hall where we have it and I was sat there because the speaker had asked us to all take a moment just to spread out and ask God about our hearts. Uh, to ask God to reveal to us something about our hearts or show us our hearts. And as I sat there and asked God reveal my heart to me, I looked inwards and all I saw was walls. I saw a wall upon wall. And these walls were there because after years and years of being hurt, or, you know, you have friendships where trust is broken, or relationships where trust is broken, I felt I needed to protect myself, that I had to guard my heart, and I didn't want to be hurt anymore, so I wouldn't open up to people as much. I, I felt sensitive, and I thought emotions were a weakness, so I didn't want to show that weakness, I didn't want to cry, I didn't want to feel pain, and so I'd done my best to protect myself by building up these walls. And I felt like God was showing me these walls to bring them down, funnily enough. And I was so scared. I was so scared, I didn't want to take these walls down. I didn't know how to start or what to do. I was like, God, I don't I don't want to do this, but I knew he was calling me to, <laughs> to, to do this step. And as I sat there in fear and confusion, God spoke to me so simply and he said how much safer are you when I'm protecting you the creator of the whole universe than when you're protecting yourself and because of that moment I started going on this whole process with God of vulnerability and learning to open up to embrace emotions and to realize they're a strength not a weakness to let people in And it's something I'm still journeying through. I think I'll have a lifetime of learning how to be more vulnerable, how to walk fully in who God's made me to be. But that moment was this turning point, which brings me on to something that's so close to my heart because of it, which I'm going to share on today. And that's awakening and empowering a tender heart. Because I believe that God has called us all to have a tender heart and keep a tender heart because it's through our hearts that he then moves us out into our callings. He moves us out into power. He activates us and raises us up to change our friendship groups, our towns, our cities, our nations. We see it time and time again throughout the Bible that God moves hearts and he moves in power. So I've been asked to share on my favorite verse. Um, If you want to turn with me to John 11, that is where it is based. Give you a moment. And there goes the phone. Um, John 11 is the story of Lazarus. Uh, We won't read it all, but to skip through the first part of the story, Lazarus is a close friend of Jesus, and Jesus is suddenly told that Lazarus is very ill, and that Jesus needs to come desperately quickly because how ill Lazarus is and he needs healing. And Jesus tells his disciples basically that Lazarus is going to die, but the disciples don't understand that because they're always getting confused. Fair enough. (laughs) And so Jesus waits three days and he doesn't go to Lazarus. Um, Picking back up in verse 30 is where we're going to go from that Jesus has just arrived. He's been told that Lazarus is dead. And he has met Martha, one of Lazarus' sisters, and is about to meet Mary. And I'll just read from verse 30 if you want to read along. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within her and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here. So that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So I love this story, and there's so much good stuff in there um, that we could go into, but we won't like. God's timing, how he allows certain things to happen, how sometimes he allows things to die just to bring them back to life again, um, and God's authority. But zooming in on my favorite verse, which is actually the shortest verse of the whole Bible, is verse 35, Jesus wept. I think that verse is such a beautiful picture of the God we love and serve. Is this moving picture of our God feeling deeply and caring deeply. It's not just some tears. He's weeping. Now, Jesus is fully God, so he knew what was going to happen. He'd already said it. He knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from death to life. He knew that it was all going to turn out okay, yet here we see him weeping. He's allowing himself to feel and his heart to be moved, even when he knows the outcome's all going to be good. Our God is an emotional God. He feels deeply and he cares deeply. And we're made in his image. We see it throughout the Bible that our God cares, that he loves, that he feels pain, that he feels anger, he feels jealousy. And that's who we're made in the image of. We're made to feel. In verse 33, says, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him. It's not this shallow emotion that God feels. It's this depth of emotion. And it continues, and he was deeply troubled. Again, he's deeply moved. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. He feels, and from that place of feeling, he moves which is something we see, again, so often with Jesus. Um, I won't go through all the scriptures because there are so many, but in the Gospels, time and time and time and time and time again, you see, first of all, Jesus is moved with compassion and then from being moved with compassion, he moves into power and does a miracle. So in Matthew 14, 14, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He feels compassion, then he heals the sick. Or in, let's go, Matthew 15:32, it says, Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. Or in other translations, I feel compassion for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. And so then Jesus goes on to do the miracle with seven loaves and some fish. Or well, in Matthew 20, 32 to 34, it says When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, We want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly they could see. Then they followed him. And I have so many more, and you can do a whole study on this, but it's time and time again, Jesus raises someone from the dead, he produces food, He, he feels compassion, and then he moves in power, and that's what God calls us to do, is for our hearts to be moved, and then to call us into power. It's not this logical thing when God calls us, it's not just this purely rational thing when God calls us, but to be moved in the way that God wants us to be moved, is to move our hearts, and to be able to have that, our hearts need to be tender, they need to be sensitive to be able to feel, Because if we're shutting down our hearts, our hearts can't be moved by God. If our hearts are getting hardened like I had with my walls, it can't be tender enough to feel God saying, hey, I have compassion for this person. I care for this person. Let's do something about it. And so to be fully empowered into your calling and everything God has for you, you need to have first a tender heart. We're made to feel but I want to go into issues that get in the way of that. I think so often we tell our hearts what it should and shouldn't feel. We don't care for it gently. We say you shouldn't get hurt by that. You shouldn't feel pain about that. You shouldn't feel disappointed here. You shouldn't feel this way. You shouldn't feel that way. And I know I do it still, and it's something I'm learning, but we tell it, no, it's not. You're not allowed to feel that. You need to stop feeling that. It can be other people telling you, oh, don't cry over that. Don't get hurt about that. Why are you getting hurt about that? Or it can be you telling yourself that. It could be a parent. It could be a friend. It can be society. I mean, we're from England. We're told to not show emotion. But a kingdom culture is to feel because we're made in God's image. So when we tell our hearts, don't feel that, we're rejecting our hearts and who we're made to be. And not only do we do that, but because we're made in the image of God, we reject God himself when we reject our hearts. We say, you haven't made my heart right. You shouldn't have made me to feel this. It's wrong when I feel this thing. And you reject the image of God in you. I just want to take a brief moment, and I just want to give you guys a moment to ask God to show you a bit of your heart like he did mine. Just have a moment, and then we'll continue. But, yeah. Yeah, Father, would you show us our hearts? Show us any areas where we've been shutting down our own hearts, where we've been telling it what to feel, what it can and can't feel, or where it hasn't been fully tender. Now, we'll have more time at the end, um, continue with that. But I want to talk a little bit about what this is not. Now, Jesus is God, so he does things right. Yeah, And he's walking fully in the fruits of the Spirit. So to allow your heart to feel whatever it's feeling is not choosing to not walk in the fruits of the Spirit. So we're called to always have perfect joy and peace in God amongst all the others. And if Jesus is fully God and fully walking in the fruits of the Spirit, even when he was weeping and feeling deep anger, he was also walking in joy and peace at the same time. So it's this tension between choosing the fruits of the Spirit, but also first allowing your heart to feel what it's feeling. It's not in contention with that. They're not against each other but they can go together it's also not being led by your heart just because you allow your heart to feel something doesn't mean you then act out of it so it tells us in jeremiah 17 19 that the heart is the most deceitful of all so you aren't meant to be led up and down by circumstance when you're getting hurt you're not meant to lash out you're led by god not the heart but you can still allow your heart to feel in that this isn't being hard-hearted either. Um, that can be a fruit of not allowing your heart to feel, to become hard-hearted and not be moved by things. Um, nor is it allowing your heart to hold on to offense. We're not meant to have offended hearts, so if there's bitterness or pain in your life, you are called to forgive. You're called to journey through that. But first, you can allow your heart to feel what it feels. You don't have to shut it down as soon as it's feeling something you don't want it to feel. God calls you to feel. And like I said, we're not called to follow English culture. We're called to follow a kingdom culture. I think often in this society, we're told don't show emotion. We can sometimes look down on Americans when they get too into things. But actually, we're called to feel like God feels. To not conform to how the world is saying things, how England saying, oh, put on a brave face, get over that. God calls us to feel. And nor is this gender thing. I think so often the enemy attacks men, saying you can't show emotion, you can't cry, you can't feel that toughen up, man up. That's not what God says, and that is a lie. So I just want to call that out right now and say if that's what you're believing, you're not partnering with God. You're meant to have a tender heart. Jesus wept. Jesus was moved in compassion. I think also as women, sometimes we can feel very sensitive. We can feel things deeply. And that, men can do. I <laughs> don't, don't do a gender thing here. But we can also try and shut that down and say, oh, don't feel so much. Don't hurt so much. When actually what I've discovered, at least for myself, is having a sensitive heart allows me to care deeper allows me to be moved more deeply and it's not easy allowing your heart to feel but it's so much more beautiful and so much freer and God moves so much more through that so how can we have all of God's heart how can we expect to have all of God's heart if we won't have all of ours first um What does it look like to be able to have this, to have an activated heart, to have a tender heart that's ready to be moved by God? Well, primarily it's formed by God. It's the heart he's already given you, whatever that looks like. So you have to partner with God to allow him to form it, to show you how he's made it, and to let him tell you he hasn't made it wrong. He hasn't made you wrong. It's caring over God's burdens. It's caring about what he cares about. He's put something on each of your hearts individually. You won't have exactly the same calling or exactly the same thing that gets you. But God has a call upon all of your lives and something that all of you are called to care about. And he wants to reveal that to you and partner with you to empower you in strength to go forth and change the world in his name. And it's this deep calling out to deep. It's the depth of God's heart calling out to the depths of your own heart, calling out to the depths of the hearts of those who are lost and broken. You can't have this shallow emotion where you turn it off after a bit, where you stop it from feeling after a bit. Yeah, like, oh that's enough. Felt a bit, now stop. You want to be moved deeply, like Jesus was feeling deeply. You have to allow your heart to feel deeply. It's not this rim of the surface, it's the whole depth of it that we're after. So it's saying yes to all of God's heart and all of your own and how He's made you to be. So I'm hoping this is something you guys want. If it is, in a moment I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to pray together. We're going to ask God to help us move in our calling, how he's called us. We're going to say yes to our hearts. We're going to say yes to how he's made our hearts, which can be a bold step. And there'll be some time hopefully afterwards where we can pray with you if there's some stuff that you want to just journey through and you need some more time to actually say yes to God in this. But we get to have this amazing opportunity to say yes to God today, to say yes to what he has for you. And say yes, in all those small places you could have been saying no. Sometimes it's not these big things. It might not be this big turning point that like I had, or it could be. But we're having an opportunity to say yes to our hearts and to God's heart. So if you want that, I'd ask that you stand now and we're going to pray. You don't have to stand. If you don't want this, you don't have to have it. Okay, we're going to do a repeat after me prayer. So please repeat with passion. <laughs> Let's have some of that feeling so it's not just me going for it. Okay, Jesus. Jesus. We, love we love you. We love how you are made. We love who you are. And we want, yes we want to say yes to all of you. All of you, all of you God. All of who you've made us to be. And heart, I'm sorry where I've shut you down. I'm sorry for where I've said no. Where I've said you're feeling far too much. Where I've said no time and time again. So God, give me strength to say yes. yes. We say yes. yes. We say yes yes. to all that you have for us. For for all that you're calling us to. And we step step into everything that you have. We trust you. We know that you look after us. We know that we're safe with you. So do a work in us. Give us more freedom. Give us more of you. Amen. Great. That's it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.